0: Welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions theology and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Communications and Media with ABWE. Again, live from the Radius International Missions Conference with Scott Dunford here and Brad Buser. Who? What is your official title with Radius? Are you on the board, founder, founder, founder. co-founder yep. of Radius International, Surfing father of the president <laughs> of Radius father
1: International, father of the president, yeah, working oh, <laughs> for <Before> the president.
0: <laughs> OG Radius Inspire.
1: Radius hasn't been around that long. so there's Patriarch of Radius International,
0: good stuff. And and we're just joshing around a little bit about uh, some of the good times and fellowship that we've had Uh, since we've been here. So how's this conference been for you so far, Brad?
1: It's been super encouraging. We had a, uh, what do you call it, a ceremony last night, uh, just an alumni gathering and 10 years worth of graduates. And we can't believe it. Yeah, there have been 300 graduates and the majority are overseas now wow. in hard places learning wow. languages uh, we're so incredibly proud of them you know and we Amen. a little praise bit god. of our heart goes out with every one of them we live vicariously through them now praise god yeah it's a it's a thrilling time yeah That's so right. what brooks has done you, uh, taken it to the next level no one could have foreseen it
0: can you give us a two-minute Summary reminder of, of how you cut your teeth in missions and your background prior to you guys starting Radius and everything that you're doing now here in the States for those listeners that might not have heard our previous discussions with you.
1: Yeah, I had a youth pastor that uh, just I, I cannot describe him, you know. But uh, he, he, he was not our friend, he was not our buddy, he, he just taught us God's Word and he pretty much put us in a hammer lock and, and threw us to the mat, and you and either tapped out and said, I'll do it or else you're not a man, you're not a follower of Christ, you're not obedient. And th- those just weren't options. And uh, my dad was 45 years in the U.S. Navy, so you serve your country, you serve your highest power. You know, when I became a Christian, uh, three months after that, I took an application for career missionary service, and. Uh, 23 years old. My wife, she was 22, I was 23. We took off for Papua New Guinea with a one-way ticket for five years. Uh, it was a different world back then, really, truly. So,
2: so I've, I've known you or at least of you a long time because I pastored in an area where your father-in-law pastored. And you know, here I am, a young pastor, I was 24 years old, really had no business in ministry. And here's this <laughs> veteran, senior, pastor. That's great. mission-loving pastor who is now retired. He just loved his his kids and grandkids. And you were the kid, the son-in-law, and, of course, yeah. Brooks is the grand grandson. I heard all about you guys, even though I'd never met you. And um, one of the things that I'll I never forget about Bob, I mean, one, he was a lover of missions. I mean, to the detriment of the church sometimes, he loved missions. Um, and he gave generously to missions and prayed for missionaries, and he taught me a lot about prayer. But one of the things that he said that has stuck with me for years now, this is 20 years ago he said this to me, uh, was as he's getting older, he's retired in ministry, but still serving the Lord, and he said, you know, Scott, as I study the Bible, I see the Bible's full of old men that walk away from the Lord. Mm. He talked about the kings, Mm. you know, like the end of their life, I'm feeling emotional because, you know, he's with the Lord now. But uh, he said, and I don't want to go out like that. I want to be faithful to the end. I want to keep faithful to Jesus. One thing I've heard over and over and over consistently from you in your teaching is a call to endurance in Christian ministry. That ministry, ministry is not going to be easy. We've got to endure. Where does that, that passion for people to endure in ministry come from? Why is that such an important thing, especially in this day and age, for us to think about endurance and finishing well?
1: Hmm. Probably a lot of things, one of them being uh, dear friends, good missionaries, that with another two years, their church could be been in, in a spot to leave them, and uh, they, they paid such a high price. They endured so much suffering and so much separation with their kids. Just two more years, buddy, that church will be ready to leave, and they didn't, okay? And uh, man, not not want to see that replicated, and of course, I'm mostly focused on the missions world and, and the necessity of finishing well there. Um, Man, when Beth and I came back for our last term on the field, uh, we saw that maybe in four years this thing could be wrapped up. And what we did was we went around to other guys that were in our vicinity, guys, look at our church, look at our work, look at, look at the translation. You tell us when we're done. I don't want to make that decision on my own because I know I, I wanted to get out of the jungle. I wanted to get back with my kids. And those guys really uh, helped us make that decision so that in making that decision, leaving the right way, uh, and it's like you're free, God can use you in the next mm scene of life, and we've just seen too many missionaries not implement that. Secret motivations that are in there, it's hard, and it just gets harder too. Uh, Yeah, that's a big part of why we talk to our guys here. Man, finish well, guys. God God has a lot more for you to do than just that one language group. Best man in my wedding, he's uh, nearly done with his uh, second translation in a second tribal situation. So I'm surrounded by guys, uh, you know, that have held the bar up there real high for me.
0: One of the things that I've also heard from you has been, on that day, you're before the Lord, you want to be able to say, here's the Eteni people. Uh, for for Brooks, similar, you know, here's the MBMB people right here, you know, give, giving back to Christ, His reward. What do you do to keep that in front of you? Because that's such a uncommon way of thinking. People don't think that way. We're not eternally minded at all. And, and to even hear those comments, I think for. For so many people, that just sounds so theoretical and so far off and so remote and to have such perspective to not only say, I'm going to go and do this thing, but actually I'm, I'm viewing this so long term that I'm thinking about when my task as a missionary here is done and turned over multiple generations of believers in a context, I want to be able to take that people group, not that it's yours, but, but take that people group and, and show that to the Lord and say, see Lord, you know, where does that thinking come from?
1: Well, I mean, purely on its own, it can be kind of a selfish way of looking at things. I, look what I did, and man, I'd, I'd never want to term it in that way. Sure. But it is, there's somebody, I'm proud of my kids, you know, uh, man, I'm proud of my wife, what she's endured, uh, my grandkids now, to, to see where they're at, you know, uh, man, what God has done through Radius, but I, um, I think that church, because the church is the apple of his eye. It's his bride. And this is just one part of his bride, the Teddy people that are still worshiping the Lord out there in the middle of the jungle. Uh, Yeah, and then anybody who knows my life inside out knows I haven't done it well. Uh, Yeah, it's just, uh, we talk a lot to the radio students about, guys, you're gonna blow up ministry. Man, Peter's, the Lord's restitution of Peter, that's gonna be part of your story too. Get up again, keep going. Uh, Yeah. uh, and so I, I hope that our guys are ready to, to fall, not planning yeah. on it, but yeah. ready to get up again. Let me,
0: can I jump in yeah, on that yeah. with a follow up? When you're talking to some of those students and you're having that kind of a Peter conversation with them, right? And, and the words that Jesus shares to Peter, you know, that was all, you know, his, his story had its, its ups and downs and the Lord restored him. Uh, what do you see, have you had conversations with radio students where you're seeing something in their lives, where it's like, I, they're, they're gonna go through something, they're, they're not gonna endure or maybe they'll endure for a while and fall away, or maybe they'll, they'll fall away but come back. What are the things that you notice even at that early stage that maybe give you concern, things that a young person might want to evaluate their own lives and say like, do I have what it takes to endure?
1: Well, you know that all the students are divided into community groups. And as a community group leader, uh, not initially, but probably after a month, I'm asking them, what do you know about yourself that your concern is going to take you off the field before I have to get to know you and start digging? Because everybody has flaws. Everybody has chinks, okay? Uh, we don't have any Apostle Pauls coming to us or Virgin Mary's coming to us. These are all people uh, that are prone to falling down. And that is part of our job. You know, after we get to know them, we can be more insightful with that you know, and work with them, and we, can't, we don't produce Apostle Pauls or Virgin Mary's but to take them further in those things, to, at least where they're self-aware. And I'd say as RADIUS has gone on and its existence now being 10 years, there were things that we regret as community group leaders in the first few years that we saw, but we didn't step into it forcefully enough Okay, And so I think now because we've seen the pain of people that if they just would have gotten hold of this area, good people, sharp people, man, best of motivations, we didn't step forcefully into it enough, and so uh, hmm. yeah, we want, we would, I would love to leave every one of my community. And you guys group.
0: are pretty straight shooters. Oh yeah, so that's saying something.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we're a lot more straight shooters now than we were seven years ago. Yeah, uh, I want to have everybody in my community group as a lifelong friend, but I'll jeopardize that you know, for the sake of being honest with them, so they know this is my tendency. That's part of our job. We have to do that well.
2: So. I, I hear you talking about leaving maybe because things are hard or because there's a character flaw or a sin issue that takes you off the field. So many times, life in ministry, it's, it's not that cut and dry. You have, oh. you're, you're in the middle of ministry, mm-hmm. you think that you're making a clear-minded decision, and then a few years later you look back and go, I don't know, I was really tired when I made that decision, or I didn't th- really process how much pain we were in or, or maybe I overstated my, overthought my need in the next situation. So sometimes you're in a ministry situation, there's an opportunity You think, oh, you know, God needs me to do this. And so I'm, I'm oh. walking away with noble intentions. When you're walking with someone in a ministry situation, there's not a sin issue, and they're thinking about transitioning to ne- another thing, what are the kind of questions you would ask them to say, <laughs> are you sure that you're not leaving too soon? Because there's been times I look back and go like, I wish I had someone going like, What about that?
1: One of the biggest temptations in that venue that you're talking about, that arena, is when a missionary's been on the field, like we were on the field for 12 years, 13, 14, 15. 15 years, man, the church is booming, translation's going well, we're getting all kinds of invitations. Come up to Numinoid, be a a consultant for this, be a consultant for this, uh, be a field leader, be an orientation officer. The temptation is, man, serve the bigger cause, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and you can be here with your kids, and the organization makes it so easy for you to opt out. And so while the students are down that radius, we'll read Judge Judson's, man, very clear words about the biggest temptation you'll face is when you just get tired of the day-to-day labor in a hard situation, and you're providing a, a good out.
0: Yeah, grass man, looks greener. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it is, in the sense of uh, be with your kids, high elevation. Um, we actually, and so we talked to the students about that in the first few weeks. You know, this is one of the biggest temptations. You guys that are successful but don't finish well, this will be a big part of it, okay? And um, to the, <clears throat> philosophically, we have never taken somebody in training and turned them into a ready staff member. They come in, they empty out. They come in, they empty out. But two years ago, we offered two people because we were really hurting for staff. Would you guys join us in staff? We said no way. You're doing exactly what you told us the agencies would do. No way. We're heading out there. So it came back to bite us. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Got Good job training. Yeah.
2: Oh my word. So, so, I can see in some settings, maybe in a in a somewhat enclosed tribal setting, like there, there's a task that you'll know when your task is done. Mm-hmm. But. Imagine you're working with the Uyghur people, 12 million people, you know, and their diaspora. And it's, yeah. it, there, there are ministries that are yeah. important. That are it's a little harder to know Sorry. when your job's done. What What are the kind of questions you would teach a student to say, to analyze, and say, is the job okay. done, or is just your part of the job done?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we have three metrics in place that we, we encourage our students to really bite down hard when they're making a big decision. And there's not that many of them, but the big ones, uh, never make it when you're discouraged. Uh, never make it on your own. Get the counsel of people in your area, not your home church. <laughs> no, yeah. so that can be part of it, yeah, sure. but not people sure. that, that they're dependent they on you what you, you feed them. Right. Of course, yeah. Right. But people, yeah. people that love the Lord more than they love you. Yeah. Okay, And then don't make it quick. Yeah, and, and if you implement those three components, you're probably going to be in a pretty safe place you know, to make that decision. When I
0: transitioned out of my last ministry into my current ministry, Acts 20 was also really helpful for me in that area. Just hearing Paul say, you know, I didn't cease night and day, you know, preaching the full counsel of God's word to you, you know, in homes, in this place, and that And he warns them that wolves are coming, but his conscience was clean, too. So maybe a fourth thing would be your conscience. You know, it, you might not be able to track numerically, like did you yeah. plant X number of churches? Did you see X number of converts, those sorts of things? But is your conscience clean? Yeah. What have you done to maintain for you a clean conscience in that area in your ministry? What made you feel as though, okay, these people are well enough without me almost?
1: Yeah, again, in looking back, I'm really glad. And somebody had put that in my head too, and I'd seen people leave precipitously, you know, too soon. And so when we came back in '75, we gathered some guys. They came in, looked at Teddy, and they came in and checked on us, you know, pretty pretty consistently. And they validated, yeah, if you keep going at that pace, the Lord gives you good health, you can get the translation done. So that was our primary metric: was to see the church strong and established, and see the translation done. And that happened in uh, 1999. And, uh, yeah, and and by that time, there, our organization was asking us, would you come back and be a recruiter? Okay. Well, not until I, and again, yeah, come back now, I'd love yeah. to, but I got to get this thing done so I can go on with that clear conscience. Yeah. So that's a great component that you're putting in there.
2: I, I, if I can just be able to add a couple things that I've learned, kind of the hard way, I feel like, is...
0: You were getting a little autobiographical earlier, I think, right? Yeah, sure. Um,
2: is, uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, it's okay. I, I, I always learn the hard real. way. <laughs> this is our podcast. You can be real. That's right. Uh, is, uh, ask... Ask a lot of people for advice, but ask someone who you know will tell you the opposite of what you kind of want oh, to yeah. hear. Absolutely. Like, and I, I've I noticed that like there's I've been asked a wide range of people, but as I started looking at who I'd asked in retrospect, I'm like, I asked I asked people that had a vested interest in me doing this thing, mm. you know, and and um, didn't ask people who I felt like would probably shoot down my my good idea. Um, and I really liked what you said about taking time because some people are slow. I would say like between you and I. I make, this, we walked in, we looked at yeah. a mattress, we bought it within 20 minutes. Yeah. Other people were there for hours, and the guy looked at me you know, and said, uh, how did you guys buy a mattress that fast? Like, my wife and I make fast decisions.
0: I take well, a while, I, only last week did I decide that I really want to do this podcast with you. That's great.
2: <laughs> but, you know, but, but you know, there's different kinds of people that process sure. fast and slow. Well, if you process fast, sometimes slow feels, like if I'm spending a month, it feels slow, but that isn't, I don't think, what you're talking about, no. especially with major ministry. Decisions.
1: Those things that are going to haunt you later on, man. I, I think I I think I hit the eject button a little bit too yeah. early. Yeah, you really want to be sure you're going slow. And another thing, you know, the scripture says in the multitude of counselors are not black, not wisdom. That whole concept in, represented in that verse is isn't like one guy in Nebraska, one guy in Texas, one guy in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Get those guys together. Oh, yeah, let a them, multitude. Right, a multitude. Yeah, let mean, them talk without you. Like in a room. crowd. Because it's a lot harder yeah. for one-on-one for you to shoot down what you sense I want to do. Yeah. But if you go up in there with three guys, bro, this is what we think.
2: Can I just ask you like a, just a personal question? I guess we're all it's all personal. What's the
1: worst
0: sin you've ever
2: committed? That's the well, one secret you have well. never told anyone, no. uh, though. Well, I've seen someone do that before. Uh, about, about what age did you feel like you really started to understand yourself, your wife well, and, and how you processed and made decisions? Was there an age where you're like, you know, at the, around this time, because, you know, you're older than us, a little bit. Uh, yeah. So uh, at what at what age do you feel like I started to really get a better sense of who I was and how I made decisions and the kind of habitual mistakes I was making?
1: Well, habitual mm. mistakes were my mouth. I mean, I just, yeah, that's from time immemorial. That's, that's my besetting sin. Well, it's don't worry. This time. isn't live. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, we were hitting the ground hard so fast. We got, you know, we barely knew each other when we got married. Uh, we went, you know, three and a half weeks after marriage, we went right into missionary training. We just blasted through that. We blasted into having kids. Uh, one month, after, no, three weeks after we got, we were married, we have, Bro- you know, Brooks comes, you know, she got pregnant for Brooks. <clears throat> Every time I looked at my wife, she got pregnant, yeah. And uh, we go to the field, we got two kids, we're just charging, charging, charging. And uh, one of the things, and, and I don't recommend that necessarily, but one of the things i th- Think that is a concern, and we talk to radio students about overthinking everything. Man, really yeah. getting inside their own head, looking yeah. for perfection of yeah. team, of situation. And guys, it's a big world out there. Yep. Walk in the light that you have. Don't yep. be stupid. You know, get counsel, but get going here. Um,
2: so your answer to that question is, don't think overthink it, Dunford. Just that, start following Jesus.
1: Yeah, that, you know, I know that's really simple. And uh, come on, there's times to sit down and really ponder where you're at. You know, and, and if I've really hurt my wife, of course, i got to put some thought into that. But uh, she's pretty rugged, you know. And uh, again, I, I had no idea who I was marrying. You know, I, I married way over my head.
0: You know? Yeah, say what you said before we started recording about the way that your wife was raised to think of herself as... Um, what word? Did you, disposable? Expend, expendable. Expendable. So yeah. unpack that briefly just because, I mean, I think that's just an inspiration to anyone who's either looking to marry or raising children.
1: Yeah, uh, not being fragile. I mean, some some of the things that... My, expendable for Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she had to put up with a lot. Pastor Bob was a full-on pastor and things that other situations... Her father. Yeah, her, my father-in-law, her, her dad. Uh, man, he was full-on into the ministry. He loved that community so well. And sometimes she took it in the neck and instead of giving her, you know, oh, son, I'm, I apologize, there was that, there was love, but honey, we're in the ministry, this is our family, this is what we do, we expend ourselves, okay? And uh, and what we tell students down there at Radius is, you have to win your wife and your kids to this task. Don't assume on it. And he did that on a regular yeah. basis. He won her to, man, we have a privilege of being expendable for this community. So that really took root in her head Yeah, you know, and so. I didn't know that, I just you know, she was gorgeous. And I found out she's like super spiritual mature too.
0: So. She's got that weird thing though, where you look at her and she gets pregnant. That's, that's I know. a medical of Well,
1: after 24 kids, we did something. I'm no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's you. why you wear glasses. I poked out my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the so glasses much. do something, that's yeah. good.
0: We're so glad to have you. We're grateful for the, the, the legacy that you're leaving and through Radius and how your wisdom's been a blessing to mobilize and encourage a lot of other people. So thanks, Brad. We thanks appreciate all. you. And we appreciate all of you who've been watching and listening to us as we are bringing you content that we got here at the Radius International Missions Missiology Conference and we are coming to you uh, from North Carolina here. So we're glad that you tuned in. And to learn more about Missions Podcast, go to missionspodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review while you're there. That helps get this content in front of other people. And until next time, thank you for watching and listening.